This is episode number 279 with Angie Lee. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? If you want to listen to my episodes one day earlier than they are released anywhere else, you have to download the app Himalaya and follow my show. Himalaya is free, super easy to use, and has every podcast you can think of. I love that you can leave comments under each episode and even create episode playlists. Make sure you check it out today. Angie Lee is a highly sought-after marketing mentor, motivational speaker, professional podcaster, and serial entrepreneur. She is the co-founder of Soul CBD, creator of the Pays to Be Brave live event, and host of the Forbes Top 100 Business and Lifestyle podcast, The Angie Lee Show. She is a corporate dropout to seven-figure entrepreneur under 30. Angie has successfully built two seven-figure brands in less than three years. With the power of video marketing, she has successfully produced multiple seven-figure organic product launches with zero paid ads. Wow, that is incredible. She teaches her community how to grow and scale their online businesses with sales psychology, authentic messaging, and intuitive marketing. She has a unique and refreshing ability to inspire her female audience to overcome their business and life fears in a motivational yet always approachable way. And in today's episode, we chat about her story from starting a blog in her college dorm room to where she is today, the keys to rocking your business, how her lack of confidence led her to get breast implants, and then how her killer confidence led her to get them out, what having breast implants taught her, how being vulnerable boosted her business, how to boost your sales, the three C's to boost your business, how to move through fear, how to make an impact and an income, what she attributes her success to, plus so much more. And for everything that Angie and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes and that's over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 279. And before we dive into today's epic conversation, I want to read the review of the week. And this week, it is a five-star review from Juicy J and it's titled, Today I'm Grateful for Melissa. And she says, from the bottom of my heart, I really want to thank you for your beautiful spirit. It portrays through the tone of your voice and the language you use. I'm honestly so grateful to have come across you and this podcast. Thank you so much for being so amazing. And I wish you the best. I wish you all the best, Juicy J. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. And as a little thank you, I want to send you my wildly wealthy guided meditation. So all you have to do is send a screenshot of your review to hello at melissarambrosini.com 
and I will send you my wildly wealthy guided meditation. And that is for anyone who has left me a review. Please do that and I'll send you that over. And if you want to get my bursting with love guided meditation, all you have to do is leave a review on Amazon for Mastering Your Mean Girl or Open Wide or both and send me a screenshot of them as well. And I will send you a little thank you love gift of my bursting with love guided meditation. And now without further ado, let's bring on this super cutie pie pocket rocket, Angie Lee. Angie, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. But before we dive in, can you tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? I love this. Melissa, I'm so excited to be here. And I love listening to your show. And I love that you ask everybody this question because I am so nosy and I always want to know what people are eating. You know what I mean? I'm always, <laughs> Me too. Because you're also health and wellness obsessed. So I'm always like, what are they eating? Because to me, health and wellness is obviously everything and, and what you eat is your energy and then your energy depicts how successful you are. So I'm like, what are people eating? So today I actually fasted a little bit. I'm really trying to get back into intermittent fasting. So I fasted, went to my workout and then came back and had oatmeal and some eggs. So nothing too crazy yet. <laughs> oh, I love oats. They're just so delicious. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> So can you tell us your story, how you got to where you are today doing the incredible work that you do? Like, how did this all unfold for you? Yeah, that's such a good question. And it's almost like, where do you start? But I'll keep it, I'll keep it short so it's not 10 hours. At 19 years old, I started a blog in my college dorm room. And long story short, I essentially stayed really consistent with that. At the time, I didn't know really what I was doing, right? This is before Instagram and Instagram stories. This was the MySpace days. Did you guys have MySpace in Australia? Oh yeah. I was all over it. Yeah, of yeah. course, right? <laughs> so MySpace was my jam and I would I would blog every day. Where, where, and that's where a lot of women start is blogging. So started this health and wellness blog. You know, It began with my mom and a few friends reading it, stayed really, really consistent, kept sharing my love for for wellness, motivation, inspiring women to be healthy and happy. And I just stayed consistent with it. And a few years later, realized that I could actually monetize online. I figured out what an ebook was. I figured out how to create courses. I studied digital marketing like it was my job and it became my job. And I became obsessed with this concept of monetizing health and wellness online. So I did health and wellness coaching for a long time and did that for a bit online. And then what happened is that natural transition of women saying, hey, how did you make money online from courses and, and brands and sponsorships and how did you start a podcast? How did you do these things? And I didn't realize that I was somewhat of a natural marketer and it just came to me. And I started to teach women marketing and sales then. And so now it's, it's really transitioned into marketing coaching and, and, and sales coaching. But now it's funny, it, it's done another pivot. And I, I've had another transition where now it's more similar to you where it's going into full-time speaker, influencer, author. I host a large event. I own a CBD line. A lot of my work, I mean, I don't even coach anymore. So what started as marketing coaching now is, it has transitioned into all these other incredible, really cool things. But it's been 10 years now. So I'm 29. I started all of this at 19. And I've just stayed really, really consistent. And I've been obsessed with building an audience. And I think at the end of the day, that's the smartest thing I've done. And it will always be what, what I focus on. We literally started like 
the same time. So 10 years ago, like we were doing the same thing at the same time. I started with a blog as well. So we were like living these parallel lives, me in Australia, (laughs) you in LA. So wow, that's amazing. I love that so much. I love one of the things you just said, which was you were consistent. And if you want to rock your business, consistency is key. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I love this because it's the the unsexy thing that nobody wants to talk about, right? And it's, it because you can't sell it. You can't package it. You can't put it into a cute little box and sell consistency. If we could, then you and I would just be zillionaires and be selling consistency. But you can't you can't package determination and you can't sell that. But I do believe at the end of the day, that is why I have the audience I have and why I'll continue to do the work I do is because I've I've always showed up even when it was scary, it was messy, I didn't know what I was doing. I Googled most of my questions in the beginning when I couldn't afford a business coach or or a team member. I just kind of started messy and I started before I was ready and I just put the pieces together. And I think that your audience really trusts. In order to sell to someone, they need to trust you. And I think one of the biggest predictors of trust is how often someone shows up for you. So what's really important, what I cannot stress enough for women is the more you show up, the more people trust you. And so the easier it is to sell and you don't have to feel like you're being quote unquote salesy. You're just showing up as you. And so I highly encourage women to find whatever that is inside them to, to be obsessed and be, and be consistent. Because I think to be consistent, you just have to be obsessed with what you do. You know, you make, it has to be something that when you wake up, you're like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with you. This is all such great information. And before we go deeper into the business side of things. I just want to talk about confidence and not only how confidence affects every area of our life, it affects everything, including your business, but how in particular your lack of confidence led you to get breast implants and then how your killer confidence told you to get them out. So can you tell us this story? Because this is how I first discovered you was through this story, you sharing this online. So can you tell us about this? Yeah, I love talking about this. So I'm so excited you brought this up, Melissa. It's been a year and a half now since I removed my implants. So it's still pretty pretty close to the surface for me. And it was one of the best decisions I made in my life. And I'm so happy I did, especially for my health and wellness. I'm like you. I'm obsessed with biohacking and staying really healthy and brain health and having an anti-inflammatory diet. And what happened is at 19 years old, I was doing bikini shows. I was obsessed with health and wellness and what I call unhealthy health and wellness. And I was, gosh, doing the craziest diets and doing hours of cardio a day and, and competing in modeling shows and bikini shows. And I had this idea that I wasn't pretty enough or I wouldn't be enough unless I had implants, unless I had fake boobs. And so I went to my mom and I said, I need implants. I need implants to be pretty. I need implants for people to like me, to love me. I mean, that's truly what my my brain was saying. And, and with men too, I remember thinking, which it, it's so silly now, I remember thinking, who's going to date me if I don't have big boobs? Like that was that was a thought in my mind 10 years ago. And now it's so funny because now I, I don't, gosh, you couldn't pay me to get them in again, but I always had a very athletic body. And so I was always very fit and lean, but I didn't have, I didn't have obviously a lot of boobs being a gymnast most of my life. So at 19 years old, I asked my mom to take me to, <laughs> to a doctor's appointment to go get breast implants. And 
through that process, I learned so much about sometimes what we think will bring us confidence, this external tangible thing doesn't actually bring us confidence. I thought it would open doors for me. I thought it would land me jobs. I thought, you know, the hottest guy in the world would all of a sudden want to marry me. I mean, you think all of these things are going to happen just because you fixed one thing about yourself and it it doesn't sometimes. And that was the craziest thing I learned is the the greatest thing that I have is just who I am. And this is such a reminder for the woman listening. People don't care about those things as much as you think. People care more about your kindness and your heart and and your smarts and and your ability to give back and teach and these things that have nothing to do with your your boobs, right? It's like nothing has nothing to do with that. So a few years ago, I was researching the implications of having a plastic material sitting in your body for 10 years. I mean, that obviously affects the immune system. So what's going on in my body? And I started getting these weird little ailments and these things that were happening, like with my scalp and my hair and my eyes. And it just little weird stuff was happening, like um, very similar to autoimmune. And so sure enough, I, I dived into the deep hole of, of studying breast implant illness. And it really, really resonated with me. And I thought to myself, whether I fully have breast implant illness or I just have a small acute reaction to it, I don't want either. I'm just done with them. I don't, I don't even want them anymore. It's already been 10 years. I have to go change them out soon. If I'm going to, you know, I'm either going to update them or I'm going to take them out. And so I decided to take them out. And I'm so happy I did. Within a few days, my joint pain went away. My skin color changed. My eyes are more clear. My brain fog was completely gone within a few weeks. I mean, it, it was really one of the best decisions I made for my health. And it made me realize that I don't, I don't need them to be happy and I don't need them to be loved. Like, it's not like all of a sudden my friends treated me different or, you know, even men, it, that wasn't what happened. And so I learned so much in that process about the silly things we do sometimes in order to fix things, but that's really not, that really didn't do it. You know what I mean? So it was a really beautiful journey. And now I'm really passionate to encourage women to, to not get the surgery or to eventually get them out. I mean, they're meant to be temporary and there needs to be this discussion around it. But you know, plastic surgeons make millions and millions of dollars. So they're not going to have this conversation around how they affect our immune system. I have two other friends who have had theirs out as well. And as well, they had so many immune issues, so many different issues, and then they got them out and they all went away. So, and then I've had another friend who has had repeated infections and had to have like four or five surgeries. And I'm like, just get them out. Just, you know, it's your body telling you to get them out. It's time to get them out. So thank you so much for openly and honestly sharing that. But take us back to 19-year-old Angie when you just got them or however old you were, and then you got them and then you, you know, they, they took the bandages off and you thought that it was going to give you something. You thought it was going to give you that feeling of worthiness or confidence. Take us back to that moment when you realized that you had these now implanted in you, yet you still felt the same. Yeah. And that's really scary. This is similar to people who have something missing in them. They, they, they're lacking something. And this is so similar to the situation where someone goes and buys a really fancy car and they think all of a sudden that's going to bring them happiness and fulfillment and it doesn't, right? It's like you, you take the drug or you buy the car, or you get the implants, you do the thing that you thought would give you the thing, but it doesn't. And it really taught me a lot about happiness and joy and fulfillment and just being grateful for the, the healthy body that I have. And at 19, I remember pulling off the bandages, looking in the mirror, 
I liked them for about two, three days. And then the, the excitement for them went away after a while because then they just became a nuisance and they were always in the way when I was working out and sleeping and they were heavy and back pain and I have a small frame. So it just, it ended up just being a mess. And I remember thinking like, why did I even do this? But time went by, you know, I thought, oh, they have to be healthy for you, right? I mean, a doctor wouldn't put these inside of me if they weren't healthy for me. Like, I can't believe I actually thought that, but I I believed that. And it's crazy to think 10 years later, I was in another doctor's office and I was begging him to take them out of me. I'm like, please, how long is your wait list? How do I get on your wait list? Please, like, do you have any openings in the next few months? I actually can't stand these anymore. I need them out of my body. So it's insane how much our values change and how much our morals can change and just our thoughts on things. And if someone would have, I wish I could look at, I mean, I wish now I could have went back in time and told that 19 year old Angie, like, hey, you're, these, this is not going to be worth it financially, confidence wise, anything. And I think as a woman, I thought that they would make me feel sexy and confident and make me feel feminine. But it's interesting that now I feel the sexiest I ever have without them because it's it's just me. And I think when we're fully ourselves and we're fully authentic, that's actually when you feel your sexiest. So they didn't do what I thought they would do. You know, I remember being 19, looking at Victoria's Secret models and thinking, wow, they look like they're so happy. They have big boobs. They must be happy. <laughs> and, it's just, and then you get them and you're like, oh, this is still my life. Nothing really changed. So I'm I'm so grateful that I didn't keep them in longer than I needed to. And I really want to have kids fairly soon. And I remember the doctor saying that there are potentially complications with breastfeeding and, and implants. And I'm just not willing to take that risk for my future child. So I was like, I'm out. I'm done. Let's do this. I got on the wait list. I got them out on the 4th of July because no one else wanted to have a surgery on the 4th of July. And I woke up and I felt like a million pounds was taken off my chest. I was crying to my mom. I was like, oh my God, I'm free. I'm free. I'm completely free. And it was one of the most liberating feelings in my life. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is huge. Because you can imagine you're carrying bags on your chest, literally plastic bags for 10 years, and then someone takes them out. When you wake up from the surgery, you're like, whoa, you feel like you can, <laughs> your rib cage and everything feels so open. And I actually feel like my heart chakra, I mean, I'll get woo woo with you guys. I actually feel like it affects your ability to hug people and touch people and to feel closer to people. Because when you have implants, you can't fully hug someone and your heart's not actually hitting their, uh, your heart's not actually touching their heart. And hugging is truly such a beautiful form of intimacy. And, and when you hug someone, you're supposed to be able to feel their heart and you can't when you have implants. And so I love hugging people now. It's like, oh, I can actually feel your heart when I hug you. So it was really cool to wake up from the surgery and feel like I could breathe, actually fully breathe and feel like my 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 chest and my my whole heart chakra region was just free. Wow, that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing. There was another girl online who got them. I cannot remember her name and she was openly sharing on Instagram stories just about how depressed she felt and she was crying and she was so depressed and she feels like she got depression after getting them in. So there's so many things that we need to consider, but what advice would you have for a female who is considering getting them? Man, it's interesting. There's two, there's two things that go through my head. One, of course, is the confidence aspect and really asking yourself, is this really going to fix what's going on? What is the real issue going on? What, where do you need to practice more self-love and body love? And 
I wish I could look at her and say, it's not going to make you feel sexier. It's not necessarily going to fix that issue. And the other thing I want to remind her is the human body is not designed to, and the, the immune system, it's not designed to attack something every day. So regardless if you have gel, silicone, whatever, and no, you're not gonna drop dead the next day when you have them, but that doesn't mean it's safe. That's like you drinking Coca-Cola every day and saying, well, it's fine, right? Because you don't see the internal implications. Our immune system, anytime you place a foreign object inside your body, it attacks it every single day in order to protect you. And that's energy. That's energy that your body's expelling that you could be using to, I don't know, serve the world, do other great things. <laughs> I just didn't want that energy, that, that taxing energy for my soul anymore. And I think just knowing that you don't need a plastic object in your body in order to feel complete and whole and just do your research. It's your body, it's your life. But still to this day, girls ask me all the time. I get DMs all the time. I probably have hundreds of DMs still sitting there asking me about this. So I'm so glad you're asking me this. And they all want to know, am I happy after? And I'm like, yeah, I'm great. I, I think that I, I don't feel like it, it took anything away from me. I feel like I'm finally back to my home base of who I really am. So gosh, it was such an awesome decision. And I cannot encourage women more to consider it and to really not believe the plastic surgeons. I mean, yeah, your plastic surgeon can be a nice guy, but no offense. He really doesn't give a crap about your immune system. Like he's he's there to make a buck and and if you don't have to go under anesthesia in your life, I wouldn't, right? I mean, most people have to at least a few times for some maybe really important surgeries, but it's not healthy for your brain to be under anesthesia. So just save yourself from all of the stress. And it's like ten dollars to $50,000. So it's, it's not cheap to get them either. So you know what I say? Go to Victoria's Secret, get a push-up bra if you want. And that's 50 bucks. So there you go. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> They'll fix it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or learn to love yourself, you know? Yeah. I think little boobs are in. I think it's awesome. And I love working out now. I love that they don't like bounce around when I'm on a run. Like it's just so freeing and awesome. And I just, I love it. So if you're listening to this and, and you're in the little booby club, like, you know what? It's in. It's trendy now anyway. It's fine. And I just think that we put so much pressure on that part of our body when. It just should have never been that way, you know? It's crazy. Totally, totally. I feel like with each year, each year that I get older, I become even more and more confident in my own body and I fall even more in love with my body. And I look back to my teen self and my 20s, my early 20s, and I was so hard on myself. I was so hard on my body. I was constantly trying to fix and change and improve it. And it's so beautiful to get to a place now where there's just so much love and gratitude and respect for this beautiful temple that we have been gifted. So I want to talk about how this confidence catapulted your business. So I want to know when you got them out, the confidence that you then felt within yourself, did your business increase? Did you, you know, did you skyrocket in that area? Mm. Yeah. I didn't realize there would be a correlation until it happened. And I actually wasn't going to share it with my audience at all. I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this. I don't want backlash. I'll just keep this a secret, whatever. I'll just do this. And then I realized that it was a woman that I found on Instagram while scrolling that shared her story that inspired me to do it. So I thought to myself, wow, if, if I have influence, 
I think it's a disservice if I don't share this with women. And now receiving messages from 16-year-old girls saying, because of you and because of your podcast episode, which now went pretty much semi-viral, I think a hundred to 200,000 people now have listened to that episode I did and or have seen the post. So it's it, it went insane, which is crazy. And to think that now women are still writing me saying, hey, my little sister's not going to get them anymore. Or, hey, my wife decided to take them out because she was sick. Or hey, because you were confident and you're rocking your your natural little boobs now, I want to as well. I didn't, I had no idea. And you know, most of my content was about marketing and sales and all of these other things. So to open up that part of my my brand and my personal life was so cool. And I actually had this fear, again, the little, the little part of my voice thought, oh, what if people don't, what if people don't like me anymore if I don't have big boobs? Like my my female audience, like such a silly thought. Like, what if they don't like me anymore with that? Or what if I'm not pretty enough or blank enough? And it was actually the complete opposite. I'm sure you're like, I think I know where this is going, but the complete opposite happened. Women reached out, like I said, from around the world saying, I liked you a lot before, but now I'm literally obsessed with you because you had the bravery to do something so radical like that and and to remove your breast implants. And it made me relatable and it made me real. And I think that women want to see more women taking a risk like that and doing these things that that really are scary, right? I was risking, gosh, I mean, I didn't know what was going to happen when I took them out. So I'm really glad I shared it. And it's now made me more confident to do anything that my my heart is tugging at me to do and then share it with my people. I'm, I'm pretty open with them and I like being open with them. And it's it's interesting. I didn't do it for engagement, but it's crazy that that post did so well. And then women just really loved it. And they were like, this is the most real thing I've seen in a long time. Because you you know this, I mean, Instagram in America and I would assume in Australia, I've heard it's better there though, but it's just all fitness models and they're just like super big boobs, you know, they're size double zero and they have double D boobs. And it's like, that's what we're all supposed to look like. It's it's Barbie and you're also supposed to be six feet tall. And it's just like this crazy, crazy image of women. And so I think them seeing someone who did that was really refreshing and it was really different. So yeah, because you being vulnerable allows people to lean in. So vulnerability connects us. So there's, you know, no surprise that everyone just fell more in love with you because you were so honest and open and vulnerable. Did you have a vulnerability hangover after you shared it? Because I, oh my gosh, when I share very vulnerably, I get a vulnerability hangover and I'm like, oh my gosh, did I just, sometimes I walk off stage and I'm like, did I really just share that story? (laughs) And my husband's like, yep. You did. And I was like, oh, gosh. But, you know, a few seconds later, I'm over it. But initially, I'm like, gulp, you know, that feeling in your stomach. Did you have that? Yeah, it is scary because on social media, it's such an immediate response where if I'm public speaking and I have a vulnerability hangover, I'm like, okay. And then maybe I don't see those people again or hear from them. But on a post, it's like, all right, here we go. Here comes the trolls. Here comes people who don't like this you're just exposing yourself. You're naked. You're open. You're just like, all right, here's my truth. And 98% of people were so nice, so kind, so supportive. I mean, it was fantastic. But of course, the 2% who wanted to be mean or, oh, well, I like my boobs. I don't know why you're bashing me or you're lying or this is fake or random creepy dudes. Like, I like my wife's breast implants. I'm like, what are you doing here, Ted? This has nothing to do with you. Like, you're, <laughs> you're a guy. Go home. What, do you, what does this have to do with? You don't even know what it's like to be a woman and do this. So, I just, and of course those hurt and that sucked, but I was like, wait, 
I'm not deleting this because of five bad comments. I'm not deleting this. This is my truth. This is who I am. This is what happened. And I'm going to be radically, I'm going to be radically honest about it. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be vulnerable and be open about it. And if someone doesn't agree, that's okay. They can still follow me. They can still follow along. And there were even women writing like, hey, I'm going to keep mine in for at least a few more years, but you inspired me to reconsider it in a few years. So it's like, it's all good. And I did it in such a respectful way where I'm not trying to convince anyone, but I'm just telling my story. And if you if you feel a truth in my truth, then then you should do it. But if not, you know, it's your body, it's your life. So it's a very touchy subject though. Melissa, I didn't realize how many women would be so, it's just such a touchy subject. It's so controversial, you know? I mean, so many women were, were just um, very surprised by it. And then women who do have it were, they didn't want to know the truth of, of the, health con- the health issues. They're like, no, it's totally fine. There's nobody's died yet. It's fine. I'm like, okay, but you know, in 20 years, I'm, I'm going to be the one who's like, I don't want to say I told you so, but I'm like, they're going to talk about this in 20 years. They're going to be like, oh my God, can you believe that we thought breast implants were healthy and safe? Can you believe that? And now we have this alternative or they're doing fat transplants or whatever they, they come up with in the medical industry. But I do believe that there is going to be a conversation around how ridiculous it is that we made it legal to put these inside women's bodies. I just do. I have way too many friends whose immune systems are breaking down. I have way too many friends' moms who literally are bedridden because they've had them in for 30 years and haven't switched them out and they don't know what's going on and their system's just breaking down. So people could say what they want, but I've seen it firsthand be not pretty. And so when I heard about that, I was like, I'm not playing this game. I'm not rolling the dice. I'm out. And I got them out as soon as I could. So (laughs) super grateful that I just listened to my gut and it really taught me a lot about my priorities. It made me realize that I care about my health uh, a lot more than my aesthetics. I really do. I am all about health and wellness. And for me, I want my immune system really strong. I mean, I need it to be a leader in this world. I need it to be a speaker. I need it to be a future mom. I need it to be who I want to be. So I can't have a weak immune system. So I was like, see you later, implants. Oh, wow. Crazy. I love telling this story. It makes it, I almost forget because it's been a year and a half now, but it's fun to, it's fun to relive it. So yeah. Thank you for sharing. I've had a few friends who are very into health and wellness and they had them, they got them when they were really young, like you did. And they were so unwell and they tried everything. They ate all organic. They did yoga. They meditated. There was nothing seriously wrong with them, but they were so unwell. They were dealing with depression, with autoimmune issues. And it wasn't until she thought, oh my goodness, could it be this? Could it be the implants that she had this light bulb? And then she was the same as you. She was like, I need these out of my body. She got them out. All of those things just left, all the depression, all the autoimmune issues. So for anyone listening who may be like, what is wrong with me? I've tried everything. I eat so well. I do all of the things, but I'm still unwell. Then maybe it's worth looking at that. Yeah. hundred percent. And again, it's not fun to talk about. It's not the sexy answer I want to give you. And, and you may see things you don't want to see, but that's life. I think a lot of times it's, it's really getting honest with ourselves and saying, this may not be what you want to do, but put your health first and you'll be so proud of yourself when you do. If you guys want to check out more resources on it, for you ladies who are curious, who were thinking of getting them or have them, check out breastimplantillness.com or 
Breast Implant Illness by Nicole. It's a Facebook group with, gosh, I think there's over 60 to 70,000 women now. And again, this isn't paid. So these women don't need to be in there doing this. They're all sharing their before and afters. Look at their eyes and their skin. And the, the God, it's, it's, it's insane to see their eyes and their skin and how much they've changed since the surgery. There are women who within 24 hours feel completely different from just removing the, the, the foreign object from their body. So, I mean, my joint pain went away within 72 hours. So again, I mean, again, no one's paying me to say that. I don't make money saying that. So there's, there's really no incentive for these women inside this group. So check it out and see. And again, it's not to say it's going to happen to you. I have a really strong immune system. So for you ladies who are like, well, I'm super healthy. I'll be fine. You probably will for a while. It wasn't until about eight years in that I felt anything. So this isn't like you're going to get them tomorrow and, and something's going to happen. Some For some women, it does happen right away. I have girlfriends who within four months, body was like, uh-uh, shutting down. This is not happening. And then women like me who were super healthy going into it, my body was like, okay, we can handle this for a bit. So it did for about eight years. And then that's when it started to kick in. And I was like, mm, joint pain, that's weird. I'm 27. Mm, what's going on here? And so again, you might be fine for a while, but for me, it's like, what's the point of having them just for a few years then to spend all this money? And then it's just like, what's the point? You know, it's like, you can drink all the green smoothies in the world and take all the probiotics. But one of the worst things you can do is to put a foreign object in your body. And our body temperature is like, what, 96 degrees or something? It's really warm. So I don't know. To me, that kind of weirds me out to have like a plastic in a warm body of water that's your body. And it just, it just, I always say you don't have to be a rocket scientist or a surgeon to say, okay, this probably shouldn't happen, right? You could ask a fourth grader and they'd be like, no, you probably shouldn't put heavy bags over your chest and over your lungs. Like it just, it doesn't make sense. And so a lot of times in life, I always say, go back to your gut and go back to just what makes sense. And if it doesn't make sense for you and it doesn't feel aligned, then don't do it, right? <laughs> like Totally. And we'll link in the show notes to the podcast that you did about it and maybe the Instagram yeah. post. So everyone, if you want to explore that more, you can go and listen to that. But thank you so much for sharing that. I'm so grateful. I have to interrupt this conversation to tell you about one of today's podcast sponsors, Blue Blocks. Now, if you follow me on social media, you will know that I love wearing my blue light blocking glasses every single day because they help alleviate digital eye strain, keep your hormones balanced, and help you get a deeper, more restorative sleep. I love blue blocks because they are backed by science and made in Australia, which means they are very high quality and not mass produced. All their glasses come in readers, prescription, and non-prescription. And you can even send in your own frames and have them add their lens technology to your frames. And for every pair purchased, they donate a pair of reading glasses to Restoring Vision, who then gift them to someone in need in the developing countries. How awesome is that? So to get 15% off, head to blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com and enter the code MELISSA at the checkout. Now let's get back to the conversation. And just shifting gears a tiny bit now, like there are so many people, you know, I love speaking about the confidence because it impacts not only our life, but our business as well. And there are so many listeners that are entrepreneurs who are doing what they love. And many people 
that are listening and, and that I know that I talk to struggle with the sales and the marketing of their business or their product. So they have their dream business, they have their dream product, but they really struggle with the sales and the marketing. So firstly, we know it's mainly due to lack of belief, lack of self-worth and confidence within themselves. But how can we bust through that fear? Do you have any tools for us? Yeah. Ooh, women women in sales is so interesting because I feel like as a teacher of sales, it's funny that I'm not really teaching sales. I'm really teaching confidence. So I love that you said that because sales is truly a mirror of how we feel about what it is we're, we're sharing with the world. More than anything, I believe that you have to be obsessed with the product that you're selling, whether this is a service, a coaching program, network marketing, a coaching course, whatever it may be. You have to be virtually obsessed with it to the point where you believe in it so much. You've created results. You've seen results yourself. You believe in it so much that you feel it's a disservice to not share it with the world. So many women are afraid of sales because they feel like it's a win-lose situation. Like I'm going to get the money and then they're going to be screwed. But when you realize what you have is a gift and it's not a burden, you actually start to feel like it's a complete disservice for you not to share that wellness program, the life coaching program, the oils, whatever it is you have, because you've seen it have such an impact on your life. So number one, before you gals make the Instagram posts or get on IG stories or send out the email, however you're promoting, find a product or service that you can't stop talking about because you genuinely believe it is going to change people's lives. I believe that the best saleswomen are, are transferring confidence. Sales is truly just a transfer of confidence. It's a transfer of obsession. It's a transfer of energy. It's a transfer of someone sharing their gift with you. And when you realize that, that's when I believe you can become a fantastic saleswoman because people are so attracted to that passion. They're so attracted to someone who has such a strong belief system in something. They're like, what? How, how does she believe in this so much? So, and I believe that people can smell when, it, when it's not in, in alignment or it's not in integrity. So making sure that, again, the, the, the network marketing team you're joining or the coaching program you have, it's something that you have the utmost clarity in the utmost confidence in, and you're developing competence. I believe those are the three C's. Building your skill set. So when you are on the sales call or you're talking about it on IG stories, you feel super confident that you can get results. You have massive clarity around what it is you're selling, who it is you're speaking to, what your niche is, who your customer actually is, who they're not, having massive clarity around that, and then leading with that obsession and leading with that energy. I believe the only reason people buy stuff from me is not because I had maybe the best thing in the world. I think they know that I'm just so passionate about what it is and I'm going to deliver that passion to them. So, oh gosh, you've seen this in network marketing, I'm sure, Melissa. It's like the best network marketers are the women who show up with the most excitement for the product. Mm, totally. So how do we move through that fear? Because, you know, I call it your inner mean girl and that's the voice that's like, no one's going to buy from you. Who do you think you are standing out? Your product sucks, whatever. That fear, how can we like strategically move through that? Mm, yeah, the inner mean girl. I love that. I love that name. It's so beautiful. The inner mean girl. And one, it's knowing that your inner mean girl is not going to go away. Probably, maybe never, right? I'm at a point where I have a massive live event in the United States, one of the largest female personal development events. And I still have my inner mean girl every day who's like, okay, are you sure you're going to do this? Are you crazy? What, who's, you know, what's going on here? And I have to have a conversation with her and say, listen, 
I'm still going to do this because I'm choosing my faith and I'm choosing what I believe in and the people I want to serve more than I'm choosing fear. And it's just a choice every day to wake up and to choose what you believe in more than sinking into the fear, right? You have a choice every day. I believe everything is either love or fear. So you make the choice. So one, having that conversation with your mean girl, knowing it's never going to go away, it's actually really healthy to have a little bit of imposter syndrome. I think it keeps people humble. And I think that it's so normal in the beginning to think, who am I to teach this? Who am I to launch that course? Who am I to have a podcast? Who am I to have a book? But I think remembering that, I always joke and say Beyonce poops, which means anybody who you look up to who's famous or influential, it's not like they woke up one day and said, okay, I'm amazing. I'm awesome. Let's go. Now I'm going to write the book. No, they showed up messy. They showed up scared. They showed up a little bit awkward. They showed up before they were ready. And then through that, through that action and through that messy action came confidence. You don't wait for confidence. You become confident through taking the messy action and finding proof. You find proof that you didn't die, right? Oh, I wrote a book. It it did great. Okay. Did it, even if it didn't do as, as amazing as you wanted, awesome. You didn't die, right? I think everyone's so afraid of the worst case scenario and nine out of 10, it's not going to happen. So the only way to fail is to stand still. So by not launching the course at all, well, that for sure is going to give you goose egg sales. So you may as well launch it and see if one person buys it. Okay, cool. One bought it. Awesome. What could you do better next time? And this is literally what I'm, I'm writing my book about is the fact that we all have to start at day one. Nobody gets to skip kindergarten. Nobody gets to skip day one. Nobody gets to skip looking messy. I'm sure you, Melissa, gosh, you've written now three books or you're on your third. I'm sure you're, you're looking back at things you did for the first one that you're like, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. Why did I do that? Or why did I say that? Or, ah, but you had to start somewhere because you wouldn't be able to write a third book unless you wrote a first. You don't get to have six figure launches until you have a few 10, <laughs> until you have a few $100 launches or $50 launches, right? Nobody gets to the top from starting at the top. They have to start at day one. So I think once I really embodied that, I don't get to skip day one and I just have to start. And I realized that the best experience is through that messy action. So if I wanted to host this massive event with women, it doesn't just happen overnight where I have thousands of women there. It starts with a meetup with five people and then 10 people. And then through that, I learned what I did right, what I did wrong, how could I get better? I got feedback. Feedback gives you so many lessons. That's where all the juice is, right? It's in the journey. It's in the process. So I really encourage you ladies to find the fun and the humor and the play in the process of entrepreneurship because the game is is the game. The game and the, the journey is the game, right? It's not like you're waiting for this one day. So you have to find fun in it. And you have to realize that whoever you're looking at on social or in person who you think, oh, well, she's she's so much cooler than me. So she gets to have the book or the, the course or the cool event. She's just a normal, regular, everyday girl just like you. No one was given anything really that special. She's probably just been more consistent. And she's probably just willing to look a little bit more stupid than you. And you're just afraid to look a little bit stupid. So you're not launching the dream or you're not starting the business. I hear this with network marketers too. Like, oh, who am I to rank to the top of my company, Angie, right? I don't look like her. Or I don't sound like her. And I'm thinking there are no rules anymore, right? And, and, she, and that woman who got to the top has been doing it for 10, 15 years. So that's how she got to the top. So being really kind to yourself. Read Melissa's book, The Inner Mean Girl, or, or, or um, is it, it's, mean, it's your inner mean girl, right? Mastering your mean girl. Mastering your mean girl. So read her book. And gosh, I think that that's going to help so much with that conversation because 
the conversation never goes away, you know? It never goes away, which is crazy because I think we think it's going to go away one day, but it really doesn't. And successful women have just learned how to have a, a better conversation with their inner mean girl. It's not like their mean girl goes away. Totally. Never. You just, you know, you just hear her and then you master and you move on and you keep going. And I love so much what you said. And what I'm really hearing is like consistency is key and just start. And I think, you know, when you and I started 10 years ago, there wasn't Instagram. And so we didn't have any way to compare with other people. We just began. And now I do feel for people who are starting now that there is that comparison piece that comes in. But just remember that that is your inner mean girl that's comparing you. And you need to let that go and you need to just begin. And I love what you talk about, the messy action, like not striving for perfection. Like I put things up and there's like a comma missing and there might be a word wrong and things like that. But I'm like, whatever, like I'm not quote unquote perfect. And if I forget to put a full stop or if I forget to put a comma or a question mark or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Like in the big scheme of things, it doesn't matter. People can still get your message. They can still feel the essence of what you're trying to share. And that's the most important thing is that you share, you don't hold yourself back. You don't, you know, not launch the product or the program or the Instagram page because of fear. You just do it anyway, because the world needs you and your unique gifts. The world needs your message. And I'm so passionate about helping people make an impact and an income at the same time, because I truly believe that when conscious people have money, they do great things. So I want to help more conscious people make an income and an impact. So what advice do you have for anyone listening who wants to make more money and more of an impact? Oh, I love what you just said about not having the commas or the the periods and it's just kind of a hot mess, but you're like, done is better than perfect, right? Done is better than perfect. And so many people are waiting for perfect, but it's like, just get it out there. Press publish, press publish, press publish until one day you wake up and you're like, oh my God, it all paid off and it will pay off. We promise you. So done is better than perfect. And this is reminding me of my friend, Chris Harder. You know, Chris Harder, yes. his, his show for the love of money talks about this. And I love this quote when when good people do great things or when good people have money, they do great things, right? And I think that, gosh, in order to give back, you do need the, that resource and that beautiful energy of money a lot of the time. So knowing that money is not evil, it's actually gonna allow you to do more good in this world and it's going to allow you to give back. So I'm so grateful for the energy of money allowing me to do things like host my event. You know, it's a lot of money to put it on, but the level of impact that it has is so incredible. And it's the butterfly effect. One woman leaves and says, wow, that was so beautiful and amazing. And then she tells her friend who tells her friend and it's like, oh my gosh, but I needed the resource of money in order to do that. So I really had to fix my money mindset and my relationship with money that it's not evil and it's not bad and it doesn't make me a greedy person by having it. It actually allows me to now pump more of it into the business, which then helps this whole brand grow, which then helps more women. And then they tell their friends and it's the butterfly effect. It's the most beautiful thing. So really healing that relationship with money is so, so important, especially as an entrepreneur. 
But I think that's what stops a lot of women is they're afraid to ask for the sale. They're afraid to accept money. They're afraid to raise their prices. They're afraid to ask for the raise maybe in their corporate job. They're so afraid to accept. And that 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 energy of accepting or taking in is so hard for, for the feminine energy sometimes because we're so used to giving. We're so used to just giving it all away and being people pleasers. And it's really healthy to get to that place where you realize that you deserve to receive the energy of money for the beautiful work that you're doing. And like you said, I believe in order to make a massive impact in this world, you need some money to do that. <laughs> you know, if, if the best way to change, gosh, they, what, what is the quote about being broke? It's like, if you're broke yourself, it's really hard for you to then pour into other people because you don't even have your own resources. So really taking care of yourself in order to inspire and serve others. And we have really seen firsthand the power of when conscious people have money, the good things they can do with all of the fires that have been happening in Australia over the past couple of months. It has inspired me so much, all of these incredible people who are just donating so much money to help support these people that are in need. And that is what you can do with money. Like you can do great things with it. When it's in conscious people's hands, it gets circulated for the better. Wow. Are you okay? Were were the fires near you or no? They were, but yeah, we're fine. We are so fine, but so many people aren't. And so many people have lost their family members and their homes and their cattle. And it's, it's like, it is full on. It is full on. And I feel like this is a message for all of us to really just treat Mother Earth with so much love and respect and do our best every day, you know, within our own home. Like, let's leave this planet in the best shape that we possibly can. Let's tread a lot more lightly on our beautiful Mother Earth and let's leave her for future generations as best as we can. Because at the rate that we're going, that may not happen. Wow. That breaks my heart to think of all of the animals, right? In the forest who just, gosh, that just breaks my heart. But I'm so grateful that there are people now giving back and and they're over, right? The fires are, have, have subsided? They have subsided, but I don't think they're completely over, no. Wow. Yeah. And how did they begin? Natural forest mm-hmm. fire? There's, yeah, there's some different theories on that. There's oh. Some, yeah, there's some different theories on that. Some people are saying they were man-made, some people saying it's climate change. Mm. So it is. it has been incredibly dry here, incredibly hot and incredibly dry. So we, we're in the middle of like a week of rain, which is just, I've been doing rain dances. I'm so excited. I'm like, let it pour. <laughs> yes. Like, come on down. So oh, it. yeah, it's been beautiful, but I'm just so grateful that so many amazing people have opened their hearts and opened their wallets to support. And yeah, that's the things that you can do with with money. Yeah, in tragedy, it brings people together a lot. That's the one beautiful thing you can see in tragedy is it brings people together oh, in a really unique way. Totally, totally. I'd love to hear now, what do you attribute your success to? If you had to like pin it down, everyone's got different definitions of success, but what do you attribute yours to? That's a beautiful question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. Isn't that funny? I've been interviewed a lot. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. That's a beautiful question because 
initially I was thinking of a person right away when you said that. I'm like, okay, who's the person, right? Is it Tony Robbins or is it a book or is it a podcast or is it a parent or who is it? But really what comes through is the word energy. And I love the word energy. I always joke and say I'm an energy dealer, but I truly believe I'm able to serve people and I'm able to speak and write. And I'm just a communicator, just like you. I think you're just a representation of a beautiful communicator. You write, you speak. That's just a a communicator. And you're here to use your vessel to communicate certain messages and downloads. And so for me, what I've realized is in order to do this work and go where I want to go with this brand and where I want to go in this world and the amount of women that I want to help, I have to keep my energy high and I have to stay in a, in a high vibration. And I've realized that all of the beautiful things that have come to me in life, business opportunities, friendships, stages, events, products, whatever it is, these companies I'm starting, they all came because I've really protected my energy. And that's health-wise, that's taking care of my diet, my nutrition, movement, sleep, all of those things. But then it's also boundaries, uh, removing negative people, toxic things out of my environment, my world. I really believe that it's it's a blend of removing the toxic things in your life and then infusing your body with the healthy things that you can do. But at the end of the day, if I didn't have my energy, I don't think I would have this business. So that's what comes to me is, is energy. I tell entrepreneurs, if you want to run a massive business or a few of them, if you want to be a speaker, an author, a podcaster, I mean, what we're doing right now is very energy rich. It's, it's a lot of passion we're pouring into these women. So if this is the work that you guys want to do or leading a team, gosh, network marketing, when you lead other people, it's so energy rich. So take care of your energy and your body and your vessel as much as you can. And gosh, if you're a parent on top of that, I mean, you've got to find ways to take shit off your plate, have boundaries, remove toxicity out of your life because your energy is all you have and it's what attracts people to you and it's what allows you to run a business. It really is. So I'm pretty meticulous about it. Like I put it before everything. I'm like, okay, did I work out? Did I sleep? I'm, I'm obsessed with it because then I, I need that energy to do things like this right now, right? To serve your people and to speak to people. So I wish I could just tell more women to protect their energy. I really do. Yeah, that's such great advice. And I take it really seriously as well. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, you're like obsessed with health and wellness too. So you're you're probably always on that, right? Your sleep game, your food game. It's like, it's got to be perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm all over it. And especially I think because, you know, our parents' generation, there's a lot more people-pleasing mm-hmm. that happened in that generation. And I feel like our generation is really cracking that. And we are taking back control of our own health and our own happiness. And one of the ways that we do that is by taking back our energy that we're, you know, giving out to other people in order to feel fulfilled. And yeah, for me, I take it so seriously, my nutrition, my movement, my sleep, the people I surround myself with, getting into nature for me, so important. So thank you for sharing that. But I would love to hear what's one thing that you're working on or would like to improve within yourself at the moment? Oh, it's so good. Ugh. I'm working on, oh gosh, this is the not fun part of business for me as as the creative and as the visionary, this part I don't like about business, but I think it's the the necessary evil that I have to work on is I'm working on being more organized and hiring more people to support me in this dream. And I've really realized that it takes a team, it takes a community, a tribe, it takes a whole tribe of women or or whoever to really help this come to life. And I I think that this was the first year that it really hit me with Pays to be Brave and now writing this book and pumping out co- so much content. It just, 
it really hit me like, wow, this is something that I cannot do alone. And I need to bring on even more people and I need to get even more organized. So this is a well-oiled machine. And then I have more energy to do more great things. And that, that foundation has to be there. I believe you need the support system and you need the organization to then have the energy to do other great things in the world. So gosh, that's definitely what I'm working on right now. It's not fun and sexy, but it's like, all right, I got to do this. That's my 2020. Doing, doing less better. That's my quote for 2020. Do less better. So, so many people are setting all these huge goals for 2020 and they have like 50 things written down in their journal. And I'm like, what if you actually just did a few things really, really well? Like if you want to start a podcast, go all in on that thing and be really focused on that thing, right? When we divert our energy, it's hard to be, it's hard to become really great at something because we're half-assing five things instead of becoming really great at something. So I assume with a book, right? If that's your focus or if that's the thing you want to birth into the world again, you have to give that your all. So doing less better, that's the focus for the year. And that requires you probably saying no to a bunch of other things that maybe look sparkly and fun and glittery and you want to do, but really they would be a distraction from the goal. So do less better, do less better, ladies. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. You are going to love my third book. And by the way, I'm co-writing the third book with my husband. So if that is your goal, you're going to want to devour this book. So I can't wait to share that with you. I love that. What Can you give us the name? No, I can't. It actually hasn't. The title hasn't even been fully decided yet. Oh, okay. So I can't give it to you because, yeah, we're still we're still marinating in it. We're kind of just, yeah, there's a couple and we're like, you know, not 100% on one yet. So it'll it'll come soon. But yeah, speaking of books, if you have a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every high school around the world, what book would you choose besides your future book that you're writing this year? What is one other book from a different author that you would choose? Oh, Oh, it's so hard to choose one. I'm like, oh man, I got to choose one. I got to choose one. There's a few circulating right now, right? Oh, I'm thinking of four, four Hour Work Week. I'm thinking of Unleash the Par Within. I'm thinking Seth Godin. Oh, I'm trying to think of marketing books that I've read that would change your entire life. Honestly, it sounds cliche a little bit to say, but I would say it would probably be one of Tony Robbins' originals uh, about unleashing the power within and and seeing life in a different way for more of the mindset aspect. And then the four-hour work week, just to give people a new mindset on or a new perspective on what's possible and doing less better and passive income. And there are still so many people that are not, they're not awake to this new idea of of working from home and monetizing their passion online and creating passive income. So Gosh, those are the two that come that come to me. Yes, they're awesome. They are awesome books. So thank you. Now let's talk about how your day looks. Do you have a morning routine? Can you talk us through like a quote unquote typical day in your life? I know no two days are ever the same, but talk us through like a typical day for you. Yeah. For me, it's all about movement and light when I wake up. So getting out into the sunshine, I down a ton of water. So hydration, sunlight, and movement as soon as I can. And I love morning walks, morning movement, getting my blood flowing. I actually don't start my work day until about 11. I won't take any podcast interviews, create any content until about 11. So from seven to 
eight, uh, seven or eight o'clock is when I usually wake up. So if I'm up at about seven or eight until 11, I'm really taking care of myself. And I really like to have a really nice, calm, easy morning. I'm not one of those entrepreneurs that's like 4 a.m. club, let's go, going to CrossFit at 4 a.m. and then rushing home. I used to be really intense. And right now I've created a lifestyle where I don't have to be and I don't have kids yet. So I'm like, oh my gosh, why would I do that to my body? My cortisol levels don't need that. So I actually have a very easy morning. I really, really like that. I like to work out, relax, have a healthy breakfast, catch up on a few things with the team, making sure they're doing what they need to do. And then I settle in and I start work or I start being more focused around 11 or 12. So I think a lot of women would be surprised by that because a lot of entrepreneurs, their mornings are like hectic, super rigorous, very, very intense routine. But I'm pretty free spirit in the fact where I have a lot of structured flexibility, which means my personality type needs a lot of freedom and a lot of play. And so for me, I need those few hours to not be bothered by anyone. I don't look at emails. I try not to look at Instagram. I'm just like, okay, I just need to hang out and and relax before I go and create content because creating content takes a lot of energy, right? Like we said, going back to energy, it just takes a lot. So my mornings are actually pretty relaxed, which is, I think, maybe not common for a lot of entrepreneurs. Oh, I love that. I find that's really common in LA. Like Luke's story is very similar to you. A couple of other people that are my friends and that I've interviewed say the same sort of thing. You know, they don't start their work day until 11. But is that as well because you, like what time do you go to bed? So what do you do after you start your work day? Like what time do you work to and from? So from around 11, then what happens for the rest of your day? Yeah, so I'll be focused from about 11 to four or five. So I try to be as focused as I can on that content or whatever I'm doing that day. And my life is so weird because I have so many different projects and things I'm working on. So it's a Zoom call or it's a conference call or it's creating a piece of content or it's, gosh, recording a podcast. I mean, it's very different, but a lot of it is now me trying to batch create. So I have specific days for specific things, but it is kind of all over the place until about five-ish. And then I like to be done so I can then relax hang out with my boyfriend and just have a life then after work as well. So I'm actually someone who really has created a a lifestyle where I'm not working 24-7. Now, of course, I'm an entrepreneur, so I do feel like I'm on all the time in a sense, right? I'm always (laughs) thinking about what I need to do or what I need to post. And I'm highly creative, so all the ideas are always spinning. But I've realized that my brain needs some breaks because if not, it it will just keep going and it won't stop. And then I am a baby grandma, as I like to say. So I try to be in bed by 9, 9.30, asleep by 10 at the, at the latest. I am huge on sleep. I sleep a lot. And I think that's because I'm so, I am so high energy that my brain needs a lot, a lot, a lot of time to charge like a, like a phone, you know, it needs, it needs a full, it needs a full eight hours or sometimes nine to really, really charge. And then I'm, I'm set for the day. But Man, when I hear these entrepreneurs that sleep like four or five hours and get up at 5 a.m., I'm just like, I, I don't I don't know. I wasn't born to do that. My system can't do it. And the number one question I get is, how are you so energized? So I have to be really honest with women and say, I sleep a lot. I sleep well and I sleep a lot. So I don't want to act like I'm Gary Vee over here and I'm, I'm not. Like I am. And you know, maybe I'm wasting an hour or two that I could be doing something else, but I'm so much more productive because I do sleep. So... If you guys aren't sleeping, we got to sleep. (laughs) Sleep is so important. Literally, almost every single podcast guest on this show, every expert, every doctor, every New York Times bestseller that I've had on this podcast has highlighted the importance of sleep. 
I don't think, you know, one of them has not said it. So, you know, if you haven't yet dialed in your sleep and cleaned up your sleep hygiene, it is a very low-hanging fruit for epic health. And make 2020 the year that you get really serious about it because it not only affects your health, it affects your mind, your energy, your relationships, your ability to create. You can't show up in the world as the best version of yourself if you're not sleeping and taking it seriously and and making it a priority in your life. So I love that you said that. And I am, yeah, all for the sleep, all for it. I love it. If I could tell women one thing, it's like, get sleep and you'll be, you'll be a great leader. I, I just don't think that you can be who you want to be in this world without sleep, right? I think you could do it for a week or two, but if you want to create content, lead a team, start a show, write a book, I mean, it requires, again, going back to that E-word, so much energy and we're not an exhaustible resource, right? And, and we're not a machine, we're a human and our body needs that rest, our, our, our stress levels need it. I mean, I've had adrenal fatigue before, it's not fun. Our body really needs it. And I see so many women putting that to the side when they start their business. And I really encourage you ladies to put anything else to the side about your sleep because your brain will function better the next day and then you can create better content. And I don't know about you, but if, if you've ever tried to ugh, speak on a stage or even record a podcast when you didn't sleep the night before, it's really, really hard. And you feel like you you weren't able to articulate anything. And you're just like, oh God, well, that that didn't go well. So it's just it's so important. So important. And and I know a lot of, you know, new moms might be listening to this and be like, yeah, okay. All right, Melissa and Angie, easier said than done. But there are little hacks that you can do. Like, you know, a lot of my friends that have had children say you literally have to sleep when the baby sleeps like don't scroll instagram when the baby's sleeping don't do work while the baby's sleeping don't do housework while the baby's sleeping like you sleep if your baby is not sleeping in the night anytime during the day you get in those z's because it's going to make such a difference to you and there's so many you know things that you can do and like angie said you know get some support get a sleep consultant there's amazing things that you can do but just you know make it this year, the year that you take your sleep to the next level. Oh yeah. I think I'm already gonna, I'm, I'm already like so excited to have a wet nurse where they come to your house at night. And a few of my girlfriends did that and they know me really well. And they know that I am a sleep diva. Like I am, I call myself a sleep rat. Like if I travel, I'm like, okay, where's my eye mask? Where's my sound machine? Do I have like, you know, the cold chili pad? Like where I need to be in my little dark cave. Like let, let's, let's optimize this for sleeping. And They've told me, they're like, you're going to need to hire a wet nurse because you just, you won't be able to survive on two hours of sleep a night. I'm like, no, I won't. So I've already, you know, told my mom and going to hire or, you know, just figure it out. And I think that's, again, going back to the resource of money. It's like that inspires me to make money so I can have that resource in order to still keep taking care of myself because I want the option to be able to hire one if I need to, so I can be sleeping. <laughs> So no shame in that, right? It's like no mom shame in that, but... No way. I'm glad that exists. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You've got to do what feels true for you and what's right for you and no one can tell you otherwise. So thank you for sharing that. Now I have three rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. What's one thing that we can do today for our health? Mm, I love it. I feel like we just jammed on it, which makes me really excited. (laughs) You're like, oh, she's going to say sleep. I know. Honestly, you guys, if this wasn't, if this didn't inspire you to get some good sleep tonight, I don't know what did, but 
sleep and then movement. Move your body, move your body, move your body. And this could be three 15-minute walks during the day, during your work day. I take all of my phone calls on walks, right? I'd be doing this on a walk right now if it didn't sound like I was out of breath. I mean, move your body as much as you can, especially if you're working from home or if you're not, walk up and down the stairs at work, move your body and and a body that stays in motion or that stays moving, you know, it stays in motion. So it's like, you just got to keep moving it. And I think so many people are sitting still all day. So I would definitely say movement in addition to sleep. Yes, absolutely. Now, what's one of the most important things that we can do for our wealth? So more abundance in all areas of our life. Mm. Changing your relationship with money. And I believe that that starts with writing a new story about wealth. And your relationship with money isn't your parents' story about money. It's not your mom's story about money. It's not your dad's story about money. You know, if your parents grew up broke and instilled in you that you're going to be broke, that doesn't need to be your story. And I think one of the most powerful things we can do to be wealthy is to rewrite our story with money and and write a new mantra around what's possible and to really embrace that mindset of abundance and having such a healthy relationship with the energy of money because it's gonna come, it's gonna go. It loves to circulate and that's what it does. And I think people are just holding on to it so tight and then they're just so nervous and then they never achieve what they want to achieve. So fix your relationship with money. And I think that begins with releasing the the story from your parents a lot of the times. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. And we've spoken so much about this on the podcast too. But yeah, if you want to call in the abundance that you truly desire, it comes back to what are your beliefs, rewriting your story. And yeah, that's the best place to start. And I had Peter Kelly on here and we did, we spoke a lot about that. So if you want to go listen to that episode, I'll pop it in the show notes for you guys. And the last one, what's the most important thing we can do for more love in our life? Mm. What kind of love? Relationship or friendships or just love in general? (laughs) Just love in general. That's juicy. Gosh, I would say being open to, I think in order to be a good friend, to have, have good friends, you have to be a good friend. And so I think it's the same thing in any relationship. This could be romantic, friendships. Show up how you want to be treated. So many times we expect people to treat us a certain way, but we're not first pouring that love into them. So show up as that good friend in order to attract good friends. Show up with love and show up with an open heart if you want a man to come into your life and to give you that same love and an open heart, right? We're a mirror for for what we attract. And so I really think that, or a magnet for what we attract. So I really think it's important to show up with with that open heart and and give what we want to get, if that makes sense. So that's really helped me a lot, especially with friendships and, and girl friendships. I'm like, oh, I need to first show up as a really great supportive friend in, in order to have those beautiful female friendships support me as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's so, I hear it so much and I get so many DMs from people I work with and then also complete strangers on Instagram and and friends. They say, you know, I want more soul sisters, but I'm like, how are you showing up? Like, are you being the type of friend that you want to attract into your life? So it comes back to you. Like, if you want loving and supportive friendships, be loving and supportive. You know, if you want open and vulnerable friendships, be open and vulnerable. If you want fun and playful friendships, be fun and playful. So it all starts with us. Bring that back to how are you showing up in the world? always come back to you and 
raise your vibration. And then that is what you will attract in the world. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. So Angie, this has been awesome. Is there anything else that you want to share with us? Any last parting words of wisdom or anything that you wanted to talk about that I didn't get to ask you? Oh, this was so good. I love that we got to jam on sleep because I'm just like, yay, now more people are going to sleep tonight. (laughs) I'm so happy we got to chat about sleep and energy because I'm not interviewed on that a lot. And it's just so important. The foundation of your home needs to be strong in order for you to be a leader. And what that means is your body has to be healthy. So I'm so grateful that we got to chat about that today. And thank you for having this platform and, and allowing me to chat about even even the implants. You know, I think it's scary to talk about. It's still a little bit nerve wracking to talk about, but to know that even if one woman listens to this today and is inspired by our conversation and decides to not get them or take them out, I, I consider this a, a success, right? I mean, that's a huge success in my book. And it makes me so happy to think that we were, you know, both brave enough to have that conversation and to talk about it. Because I know some people might not agree, but it's it's beautiful to be able to be brave and still talk about what what's the truth. So, oh, so thank you so much. This has been so awesome. Oh, pleasure, honey. And thank you for sharing so openly and honestly and for all the work that you do in the world. I'm so grateful our paths have crossed and I'm a massive believer in service. So I want to know what I personally can do and the listeners can do to serve you today. How can we give back to you? Because you give so much. How can we give back to you? Mm. Oh, I love that. I love how you said that. That's so beautiful. Gosh, you know, what comes to mind is, is I, my love language is words of affirmation. So I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty easy person to, (laughs) to make happy sometimes. But if you guys want, creep on me on Instagram at Angie Lee Show, come say hi. If this episode inspired you, let us know. That makes me so happy when I receive messages from you guys saying, hey, this episode just made me happier or it made me more confident or inspired me to sleep tonight or whatever it was. That's, that's why I do what I do. And that's why I also have a show. I just want to know that it impacted someone. So I'm sure Melissa would love to hear it too. Just let us know if you loved this. It, it really makes a creator want to keep creating. I think people don't realize how much we need that in order to keep going sometimes. So I I live off of those messages. And yeah, and if you guys are in the States or honestly, girls from Australia did come last year. So you guys can live technically anywhere in, in the entire world. If you guys are looking for a beautiful conference to uplevel your business and your life. I would love to see you guys at Pays to be Brave. So yeah. Yes. Oh, well, I hope to come to one of your events very soon. Yes. I'm getting a bunch of Australian girls are like, come to Australia. I'm like one day, but for now, yes, you got to get on that plane ride to the States. So I know it's far though. It's far. Yes, it is. But you know, it's just, you just got to go to sleep. You could just sleep the whole time. Yeah. See, it's like you could just use it as like an extra 15 hours sleep, Angie. It's awesome. Oh my gosh. These girls came from Australia last year who didn't even know a soul. Like there was this squad of like 20, wow. 30 Australians and they didn't even know each other. And I'm like, that is some serious bravery. You got on a plane and one of the longest plane rides ever and you came all by yourself. You didn't know a soul and they ended up having one of the best weekends of their life. And I'm just like, that is unreal. That is so surreal for me as the creator of it. But two, I'm like, man, if that's not bravery, I don't know what is. Like, that's awesome. And not many people are willing to get on a plane and go to an event where they don't know anyone, you know? Totally, totally. Thank you, Angie. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing and just being your bright and energetic and bubbly self. (laughs) I love your energy. I love 
seeing your face pop up on my Instagram feed. You've just got such a beautiful energy. So thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for sharing. And I really hope to see you soon. Oh, thank you, Melissa. This was amazing. Wasn't that epic? So much fun. She is such a little cutie pie with so much energy. And I'm so grateful for her honesty and for sharing with us today. Such an important message. And I'm so glad that there's people out there speaking about it. Super important. I got so much out of today's episode. And if you did too, please subscribe and leave me a review in iTunes or on your podcast app, because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And it also means that you could potentially be the review of the week for next week. And don't forget to email me in a screenshot of your review to hello at melissarambrosini.com. And as a thank you, I want to send you my wildly wealthy meditation. And don't forget to come and follow me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini and tell me your top key takeaways from this episode. I love reading them all and I especially cannot wait to read what you got out of today's episode. And for everything that Angie and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes and that's over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 279. And you can also listen to all the other episodes there too. And before I go, my darling, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best, the healthiest, and the happiest version of yourself, and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please, please, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, you can share it on your social media, you can email it to them, you can text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, my darling, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.